Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Good morning, church. Uh, I'm going to be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, this is going to be the NIV. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Luke, thanks for doing our reading this morning. Appreciate that. Would you pray with me as we prepare hearts to hear from the Lord, from his word? Let's pray. Our precious Lord, we're so grateful for your love for us, your care for us, your kindness to us. We thank you that you're gentle and firm, that you're gracious and strong, that you're beautiful and powerful. Lord, in this world we're in, we all know of people who are struggling. Perhaps everyone in this room is struggling. And Lord, we need a Savior. We need help. So we cry out to you on behalf of ourselves, on behalf of our family members, our friends, and our world, Lord. We, we need you. Lord, we lift up those that we care about that are suffering mentally through the pressures and difficulties of this time. Minister health to them mentally, we pray, and peace and joy. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling physically. And we lift up those that we love that need your healing touch and ask for that, Lord. And amidst that healing touch, that they'd experience your joy and your peace. Lord, we pray for those that we love that have not yet found the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We pray, Lord, that even during this time of challenge and crisis and hardship, that they would find Jesus and find him as their Savior, as their rescuer. Lord, today as we look in your word, we invite the Holy Spirit to teach each one of us, to speak to us. And I invite the Holy Spirit to speak through me words that are true, that are based on your word, and that help shape us into Christ-likeness. And it's in that beautiful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. It was November 7th of 1907, and a trainload of dynamite was on fire and ready to explode. The train had pulled into the train yard in a small city of Nakosari in Mexico, and there was a 25-year-old man who worked on the train. He was a brakeman on the train. His name was Jesus Garcia. And while he was on his brake, he, he started to smell smoke. And he looked around, and he suddenly discovered that one of the sparks from the engine's chimney had settled on some hay that was stacked on top of the train, and the hay was on fire. Well, pretty soon, everyone started to panic, except 25-year-old Jesus Garcia. And he realized that the train had 70 boxes of dynamite in it. It was headed toward a local mine. 
And he realized the train yard itself had other boxes of dynamite, had gas cans and containers, and there were hundreds of people there. And if the train exploded in the train yard, there would be massive destruction and loss of life. So Jesus Garcia came to the rescue, and he jumped inside the train, and he put it in reverse, and he began to speed it out of the rail yards. And about four miles out of the rail yards, the train exploded, and debris and gravel started falling for minutes. Garcia had saved the day. But the only thing left of Jesus Garcia was one boot that they found. Well, the city, in appreciation for their hero, decided to change the name of the city from Nakasari to Nakasari de Garcia. Few people know this story about Jesus Garcia other than the people that are probably from this town, but the world at large knows and does celebrate another hero by the name of Jesus. In English, we pronounce it Jesus. And he too gave his life that he might rescue us. Jesus has come to the rescue, and that is the story of Christmas. It's a rescue story. Rescue stories have a tend to change with time and the telling, and even the rescue story of, of Jesus has changed over time. But if we want to know the true story of Jesus coming to the rescue, fortunately, we have an accurate and ancient document that we can go to. We can go to the Gospels. On this first Sunday of Advent, Advent meaning coming, let us begin the season by asking why. Why do we even need Christmas? Why do we have Christmas? And I know kids need Christmas because they need a break from school. <laughs> Teachers need Christmas because they need a break from school too. And I know that we all need the time of getting together with family and, and enjoying good food. We all seem to need presents and we certainly need a reason to be joyful and happy at this time. But there's a much deeper reason why you and I need Christmas. If you're the kind of person that likes to take notes, there are some outlines available by the door. And if you're watching online, if you go to our website, there's a little thing they call a button you can click on and you can find the outline there. But number one, why do we need Christmas? Well, number one, we need Christmas because we need rescuing. We need Christmas because you and I need to be rescued. Now, if you are in need of rescuing, it's often very helpful for you to realize that first. <laughs> so you cry out for someone to save you. We're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, and curiously, people view it differently. Some people think they need to be rescued, and they're crying out for rescue. Other people don't think it's a big deal, and they don't feel like they need to be rescued, and, and there's controversy on how best to be rescued, and, and if you need to be rescued. Well, as I preached in a sermon at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, there's a much worse pandemic going on than COVID-19. And it's a pandemic that's been going on since the dawn of time, and it's a pandemic that is 100% fatal. Everyone has a disease, and it's called sin, and sin is fatal. And we are in a pandemic of sin, and we need to be rescued, and the cure, of course, is Jesus, and Christmas 
is Jesus coming to our rescue in the midst of a pandemic. We need Christmas because we need rescuing. For much of his early life of, in the first century, the Pharisee named Saul didn't think he needed to be rescued. I mean, he came from a line of Pharisees. His father was a Pharisee, his grandfather a Pharisee, maybe before that too, we're not sure. He'd followed all the rules and regulations. So had his parents. And he didn't feel like he needed to have someone save him until Jesus showed up and got his attention. And wow, and this Saul, who we know as Paul, who became an apostle, suddenly realized that he needed rescuing. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he's writing a letter to his spiritual son. We don't know if Paul had any physical children, but he certainly had spiritual children. And writing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1.15, in the New International Version, it says this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. He goes, listen to this. This is true. You need to accept it fully. And then he says, Christ Jesus came into the world. Let's pause there. Christ Jesus came into the world. That's Christmas. He says, Christmas deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world, Christmas, why? To save sinners. To rescue us. And so Paul says we have Christmas because we need to be rescued, and then he notes that he needs to be rescued, and he says, to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now, maybe you thought you were the worst, or your spouse, or your teenage child, but none of them are the worst. <laughs> you have to recognize that you need rescuing. You need to know that you're in trouble. You need to know you can't save yourself, so you will cry out to a rescuer, and that's what Paul says. Christ came into the world, that's Christmas, to save sinners, to rescue us, of whom you and I really are the worst. See, the problem is that way too many people think much too highly of themselves. <laughs> they think they can save themselves. They think they don't need a saver, savior. I mean, it'd be like me trying to swim to San Diego from here. I mean, it's hard enough to swim to Flat Island. <laughs> uh, after a year and a half of going through fear and anxiety over COVID, a Harvard professor has observed that we are at our breaking point. Maybe you passed it long ago. I don't know. I know at the beginning of this, we talked about with the children's sermon, we're like a rubber band that's stretched, and we've been stretched, and that's why we tend to be more irritable and less patient, and we have trouble with each other because we're a rubber band that's stretched, and any other little stretching makes us want to break, and the Harvard professor says we're at a boiling point, and he says that's resulted in teachers being burned out. And you might add nurses, too, and perhaps students and doctors. He also points out this has reached, caused us to reach an escalating level of unruly passengers on airplanes. I mean, who ever heard about all these fights in airplanes before? And this one, oddly enough, this burnout has resulted in hundreds of McDonald's workers being assaulted by anti-mask patrons. So what's the answer to all this? 
Don't you wish we knew? Well, I know. So I'm going to tell you. The answer to all this is Christmas. We need Jesus to come to the rescue. One positive response, and there are many, but one positive response to our present crisis is that people are seeking Jesus. I don't know if you have that version Bible app on your phone. If you don't, you may want to get it, version. But it's reported that 500 million installs have occurred during the pandemic. That's half a billion people that say, we need to turn to the Bible for answers. We need to be rescued. We need Jesus. You and I spend a lot of time, well, I don't know about me, but <laughs> a lot of people spend a lot of time on their phones. And wouldn't it be better if we used our phones to look at Scripture and find Jesus? And I'm sure that when you look at your phone during the sermon, that's exactly what you're doing. You're looking at the Scripture on your phone. I'm sure of that. <laughs> we need Christmas because we need rescuing. But there's a second thing, number two. We need Christmas lights. We need Christmas lights because we're surrounded by darkness. We're surrounded by darkness, and the world seems to be getting darker all the time. Have you ever gone into one of those deep underground caverns, caves, or maybe a salt mine that's deep in the earth? Some years ago, I went, and I was with my cousin. I don't remember where we were. I think we were in the former country of Yugoslavia at the time. And we, we went down this elevator into a salt mine deep down into the earth. And as you're making a tour, the guide's talking to you, and then they turn out the electric lights. You've never been in a darker place. The, the darkness is so thick, you feel like you can touch it. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And as you turn out the lights, some people gasped. Some people screamed because they wanted the lights back on. It was so dark. And then he asked the question in the darkness, how much light will it take to dispel this darkness? And he lights a single match, and the darkness is dispelled. Even the smallest light will dispel the greatest darkness. Well, if you've been here any time at this church, you've heard me say that the Scriptures clearly teach from Romans chapter 1 that God has put spiritual principles in His physical creation. And this is one of them. It's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. It's providence. God designed it this way so that we would, every time we turn on a light, understand a spiritual principle. And Jesus tells us in John 8, 12, in John 8, 12, He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus dispels the darkness of this world, not just the physical darkness, the spiritual darkness. But He's not finite. He's not just a small light. And if a small light can dispel the greatest darkness, imagine what an infinite light can do to finite darkness. But there's more than that. Yes, Jesus is the Christmas light, but He tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, He says, you are the light of the world. If you have Jesus in you, you too are a glow. You are a light. 
When I was a boy, one of the things I really didn't like doing at Christmas had to do with the string of colored Christmas lights. If you're old enough, you'll remember how if one bulb was burned out in a string of lights, the whole string failed to work. And it might be the string that you're wrapping around your entire house and one bulb was out, it won't work. And so my job, because I'm the boy, was to unscrew a bulb, every bulb, and put a new one in until you figured out which bulb was burned out. Some of you feel like burned out Christmas bulbs right now, I'm sure. But fortunately, in this new modern age, if you get Christmas lights, one burned out bulb doesn't keep the whole string from being burned out anymore. We need each other. And if you feel like a burned out Christmas bulb this year, understandably so, just get around others who aren't burned out and, and, and let them glow. And we are to glow for Jesus Christ. We need Christmas lights. We, we need you to shine if you can. Because we are surrounded by darkness. And you and I as believers perhaps have never had a better time to show that we are different than the world around us. We've never had greater opportunity to encourage people who are discouraged. We've never had a better opportunity to give hope to people who are hopeless because we have the answer. As my high school pastor used to put it so well, the problem's not the problem and the answer's not the answer. <laughs> the problem always goes back to your relationship with Jesus Christ and the answer is always Jesus. We need Christmas because we need rescuing. The world needs Christmas like never before. We need Christmas lights because we're surrounded by darkness and we are the light if Jesus is in us. But there's a third thing. We also need Christmas carols. We need Christmas carols because Jesus deserves our thanks. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and I read an article that one pastor wrote, and he made a good observation. He says, you'll have people say, oh, I'm just so thankful. And he goes, well, who are you thankful to? He says, Thanksgiving is like love. You can't just say, oh, I'm so in love. Well, who are you in love with? Nobody. I'm just in love. Love needs an object. Thanksgiving needs an object. And when we give thanks, we give thanks to Jesus because He's our rescuer. In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 69, beginning in verse 29, we read these words. Psalm 69, verse 29, but I am afflicted and in pain. And some of you could shout amen to that. <laughs> I could shout amen to that. <laughs> I'm afflicted and in pain. May thy salvation, O God, set me securely and high. He's the answer. He's the rescuer. He's the one that saves us. And after he does, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with song. I will praise him. I will sing to him because he's rescued me. And I shall magnify him with thanksgiving. God is the object of our thanksgiving because He's saved us. He's rescued us. We need Christmas carols. We need Christmas singing because Jesus deserves our thanks. You go, well, is there any alternative to this? Well, verse 31, and it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull with horns and hoofs. If you don't want to sing, then bring a cow here. 
you know, but we don't really want a bunch of cattle here, so I'd rather have you sing. It's important not to ignore the person who's come to rescue you. I read an article just the other day about a lost hiker in Colorado, and the reason this lost hiker made the news wasn't just because the hiker was lost for 24 hours. It's because this hiker ignored the rescuers. The lost, res the lost hiker had been lost for over 24 hours, and the search and rescue team had been calling the hiker's cell phone repeatedly during the 24 hours to find out where they were. But this lost hiker never answered their phone. Well, eventually they found the hiker, and they asked the hiker, why didn't you answer your phone? And the hiker replied, I didn't recognize the number. We live in a world where people are ignoring the one who's come to rescue them. They don't recognize his call. Jesus Christ has come to our rescue. He is the one that wants to dispel the darkness. He is the one that deserves our thanks at Christmas. We need Christmas, like I said at the beginning, because we need rescuing. So let me ask you, have you been rescued? And if you have, are you shining like a light? Let's pray together. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads, and even if you're watching online, if you continue to listen and bow your heads and pray with us. If you're here and you're unsure if you have been rescued. If you have doubt about where you'll go when you die, I urge you right now to cry out to Jesus to save you. If you believe He died for your sins, if you believe that He rose from the grave and conquered death, if you understand your need to be saved, your need to be rescued, that you have sin and, and God wants to take you to live in a perfect place free of sin, and the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. If you want heaven, if you want perfection, if you want forgiveness, cry out to Jesus and say something like this, Lord Jesus, I believe in you and what you've done. Please save Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to you, and we say thank you as we celebrate your birth during this season. We love you. Amen.